What's happening, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of The Strange Road. I'm your host, Mikey. As always, the bro host, Bub. Hey. And tonight, we have Stoner and Disbro in Master Control, making everything look and sound awesome. Full Bub, squad. Full squad. How you doing tonight, buddy? Great. Great. Everybody's here. Everybody's rocking. Yeah, we, we got the a sound full, dialed in. We got a full studio tonight. We're ready to rock. Yeah. So... Tonight we have a spe- two special guests. Yeah, we have uh, our friends from Friends of the Serpent Mound, Delcy Wilson and Jeffrey Wilson. Yeah, and Delcy is a Friends of the Serpent Mound founding member and the current executive director. And cool. Jeffrey, who has been on our show in the past, uh, episode nine, I believe. Right. He is also a Friends of the Serpent Mound founding member and is currently the president and planning director. Cool. Of the organization. <clears throat> And so we went to their event last year and helped out a little bit and, you know, uh, shot a couple presentations that are on our YouTube page. If you guys haven't seen those. Right. Uh, one of Jeffrey's presentations up there. And then we also have Emily Aldrich and the Harness Artifact Collection with Gary. Argabrite. Argabrite. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so we're uh, super, super stoked to be a part of this year's uh, Friends of Serpent Mountain Summer Solstice event. Always. And so, Always. With, without further ado, Jeffrey and Delcy, how are you guys? Welcome. Hi, great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. It's awesome yeah. for you guys to drive up. Uh, these guys literally live, when I say right next door to Serpent Mound, I mean right next door to Serpent Mound. <laughs> you can't get any yeah. more much door next door. <laughs> uh, not much, no. Yeah. Uh, That's so cool, though. Yeah. And the event, guys, the uh, Summer Solstice Celebration is... The Soaring Eagle Retreat, which is a part of your guys' property, correct? It's my mom's property. It's your mother's property. And we own property on both sides of it. Okay, great. And it's a beautiful property. This is the event. And then there's uh, the Buckeye Trail, which goes back and forth in between Serpent Mound and the Soaring Eagle Retreat. And it's just an unbelievable spot to have an event. Um, But you guys have been doing this event for how long now? Since 2009. Wow. It's been a while. Nice. So I think it's 14 years this year. We actually started um, the the event kind of became an outgrowth of an event that the Ohio Historical Society, as they were then named, now the Ohio History Connection, um, they would have people come out uh, for the summer solstice Mm -hmm. and – the Friends of Serpent Man was a volunteer organization that was helping run that event. And we just m- planned and made it bigger and bigger yeah. every year uh, once once the Friends of Serpent Man began. And so that event has grown and now moved over to the adjacent property and grown even bigger. Um, and so we've been been over at the new property for not quite 10 years, but uh it's been a while, so. Yeah. Yeah, we started out as just a one-day activity. We <clears throat> we started, actually, next year will be 20 years for the Friends of Serpent Mound. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It uh, goes by quickly. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, but uh, in, so when we started, we tried to have, like, a garden, spring and garden festival. Mm. And that kind of took off one, you know, one year. And we're like, well, maybe we should do a fall activity. And then every weekend we found that there was this and this and this Mm -hmm. already happening. Right. And after about three or four years, we were like, 
why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? We already have hundreds of people that come to Serpent Mound on the summer solstice. Right. Why not just have the festival then? Yeah. So smart. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the best thing we ever did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. for those years that you guys have lived out, have people always been coming to Serpent Mound for the yeah. summer solstice? Not just like ancient aliens, I think, made people wear on a big giant scale of, of about Serpent Mound. Yeah. I know a lot of people yeah. that we know and circle, that's the first time they've ever heard of it. Right. Yeah, we, um, but you, you, before we did that, a whole slate of events. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just the solstice events, Delcy's saying. We'd, we did other events throughout the year, like Archaeology Day event mm -hmm. or Reptile Day event. Cool. Or, you know, we had uh, Astronomy Day events. Um, we still hold a uh, Perseid Meteor Shower event. So you come out to Soaring Eagle for the Perseid Meteor Shower. And it's dark skies, some of the darkest skies in Ohio. So oh, wow. you could come out there and lay out and watch the meteors go by. So we've done a whole range of events, you That's know, cool. throughout the, the seasons. Um, but the summer solstice has just kind of yeah. grown and become a multi-day event, yeah. partly because, you know, the solar standstill for the summer solstice isn't just on the solstice day itself, but it takes mm -hmm. a couple of days for the sun to, you know, reach its southernmost point, stop, right, and then turn around and come back, you know, or uh, northernmost point. So um, it's been, uh, you know an event that's just grown and grown. And and this year the you know we decided to we had tried to do it when the solstice fell during the weekday. Yeah. Um and tried to have the festival around that and it really wasn't that successful. Yeah. So this year it's the weekend following the summer solstice which is on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it'll be that Friday, Saturday, Sunday after the solstice. The alliance, the some set alignment will still be there. Sunrise mm -hmm. line will still be there. You know, you can still witness it if you want to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. So the the um, Ohio History Connection has posted that they will be uh, open early and okay. close late on Wednesday oh. and on Saturday. I don't know if they're going to be open late on Sunday, but definitely on Saturday. Um, yeah, good. and good. so the 21st and the 23rd, 4th, 24th. So our festival is June 23rd through the 25th. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, and you guys can check all the links in the description where we'll be promoting the event and trying to get the word out there. Um, and it's also a free event. Yes, yes. thanks to our sponsors and thanks to you. Yeah, yep. The Strange <laughs> Road is there. You guys are one of our sponsors. Um, yeah, we... Uh, kind of went over budget a little bit when we were laying out everything this year. We kind of wanted to um, add things that would bring the local community. Because yeah. we have people that come out of state. We have people that come down from Cleveland, Columbus. But we have a very small group that comes from Adams County or Highland County right. or what. Yeah, right. And we're hmm, like, interesting. we need to show the, the locals that this is a fun place to be and, you know, a yeah. really cool place to be. Um. So we added a uh, – the Ohio School of Falconry is coming on Friday and doing That's a so – Yeah, an hour and a half. Wow. Ten people get to participate, and they may be able to, like, have a, a falcon land on their arm or whatever, you well, know? I'm already there, yeah. Yeah, I'm already there, yeah. That sounds, that sounds great. I love birds and especially I do too. birds of prey and – 
They're they're the fighter jets. I mean, they are oh, yeah. amazing uh, creatures. So that's so cool. And it's neat how you're trying to, you know, you're you're going. Yes, it is this, but it's not on this day. And and right. kind of even expanding the scope of you know going. Yeah, we don't want this to feel like you can't come and participate, yep. or if yeah. you don't know about it, like you know, kind of opening up those doors because I think you'll you'll get a good response from that. Yeah. We're we're hoping we're yeah. hoping. Um, they uh, later. After the falconry, we have a local gentleman who is well known as a naturalist in our area, and he's going to be doing a talk on the flora and the geology of the crater, cool. which, oh, you know, you guys have talked about the crater before. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. He's a very informative gentleman who's been in the naturalist field for a very long time. Um, Martin McAllister is his name, and he works for the edge of Appalachia down in um, southern Ohio, Adams County. He used to be um, with the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, yeah. and uh, he's now retired, and he works for the edge of the Appalachia. Um, we also have, um, last year was the first time that we did a uh, kayak tour of Brush Creek uh, near Serpent Mound. Yeah. And I led a <clears throat> tour of that stretch of Brush Creek. Um, we have a a great uh, canoe livery. Uh, the company is called Kayak Livery now. Kayak Livery is <laughs> um, uh, the company is called Moon Doggy. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember them from last year. Yep, mm-hmm. and so uh, that was a fun <clears throat> trip. We're going to do it again this year. Very only cool. on Sunday morning. Only yeah. on Sunday morning. Sunday morning only. And um, there's going to be uh, fishing demonstrations this time around for kids come out. All the stuff is free, so. Very cool. Come out and participate. Come on out. Come hang out. Um, we'll be obviously, out there. <laughs> you know, the the usual slate of various, you know, archaeology type lectures, uh, but also a lot of uh, nature lectures this time around. Um, we've, you know, got quite a quite an expanse. You want to go through some of the schedule? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, the let's see, the, we start off with Chris Davis. Starting us on with some his folk music. Our buddy Chris. Yes. Yep. Yes, from Athens. Yep. Love Chris. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we have just a, a slew of, of uh, people that's talking that day. Um, Crazy Flute, uh, Jack Holland from Crazy Flute is going to be singing both on Saturday and <clears> Sunday <throat> for us. Uh, Jeff's going to be talking about his book, that wit better be out by then. <laughs> may or may not be. It's going to be close. Cutting right on the line. Yes, yeah, but. yeah. But, you know. Um, then uh, Jonathan Bowen is going to be doing a lecture on um, the 13,000 years of Adams County's prehistory. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Awesome. Jeff Bowen is an archaeologist from the... Clark May Museum in Circleville. Mm. And uh, so he's going to be out to talk about the prehistory. Wow. That sounds really cool. Interesting. Now, I'm going to... Yeah. Um, Gary Augerbright is... Mm-hmm. He was going to come and do the second part of last year's presentation. Yeah. But he has been involved in some really interesting Ooh. research. So he's going to be talking... Because I'm going to mess the name up. What's the... Well, he's he's been working on a presentation about one of the mounds that had been excavated in Chillicothe. And so he's going to be talking about that, the contents of that and that specific mound. And he asked if he could then come 
later in the year to a Friends of Serpent Mound meeting, which is going to be in September, and he's going to give that second part of last year's summer solstice lecture because he he had so much material. We let him extend well over his time, but uh, he didn't even get to half of it. So um, wow. he's going to come back and cool. finish the rest <clears throat> of that at a Friends of Serpent Mound meeting later this year. Okay. Because um, he wants to do this other talk about this other man in Chilcothy. Do you remember what the name of that is? It's the um, speed. Spiegel Cash or something like that? Spetnagel, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the AC Spetnagel was a kind of an archaeological enthusiast and artifact collector in the Chilcothy area for the first part of the 20th century. And he was very much involved in establishing the National Monument of the Hopewell Culture National Park. Uh, Spetnagel was almost like the driving force, the local driving force for getting that to happen. Hmm. And so uh, there's this man that kind of bears his name in uh, Chilcothy, and so Gary's going to talk about that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good as well. And we yeah. have Gary's uh, part one yeah. presentation yeah. on our site, and you're, you guys have it up on yours uh, on Friends of Serpent Mound mm -hmm. YouTube mm -hmm. channel. Go check that out. We're going to have more content available on the, on your guys' YouTube channel uh, after this event, which we're excited about. Um, and so who else is speaking? Uh, who are some of the other speakers and uh, music acts? Do you want to talk well, about? Ending Saturday is uh, Luke. Whitaker, yeah, Luke Whitaker, the country artist. Yes, he's a Nashville recording artist. Wow, um, he's going to do a two-hour country music concert for us. Wow, so very cool. I, now I let him know. I said we're not a big venue. I mean, we're not a little venue, but right. you know, we're kind of like somewhere in between. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, um, down home, we were on a radio interview down there, and I said, so if anybody comes out, bring a chair. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you may want to, you need a chair or a blanket or something, wow. you know. Wow. So we may have to put them between the tent and the trees and everybody gonna, just listen. Are they you know, bringing from, out a production? like? No, out? he's he's just going to be acoustic. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's like, I can bring more people or I can just be me. And I'm like, how about just you? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't like know if I can campfire set. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, you guys have that nice kind of, I don't know, I guess you could say it's almost like a courtyard that oh. you can, well, with the vendors around, uh -huh. and then there's a fire pit out you there. You have vendors out at this? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, I've never, so I gotta just vendors. be, I've never been. I know Mike's been. You're gonna have a good time. Bud. I know, but I, I, we're gonna have I a good know. time. I know. It's about, just, it's the it's whole. It's gonna be fun. We got about 60 vendors this year. We'll, we'll be no, camping out there. So far, we've only got about 50. 50 vendors. So if anybody's listening, and you have up until June 21st, if you want to vend, we do jury it. So, you know, we yeah. try to keep with our theme of nature. Yeah. And I'm just you thinking know. I might have to tell my wife to come out to this because she's probably going to want to go. She she can. Uh, yeah. Kim would love it. She's going to. Yeah. She well, the naturalist and all that, she would. Yeah. Totally... So beyond the vendors that are there selling, they're, you know, obviously sponsoring the event. Um, but there are also uh, artifact collectors that bring their collections out. So if you're interested in looking at prehistoric artifacts, they bring a selection of those out. Yep. If you want to, if you have some of your own, you want something identified, they can do that for you. Oh, cool. You know? Yeah. Cool. Um, so there's Barney's quite a range of stuff. bringing his toy collection. 
He, he says oh, the kids always right? love. He has antique toy collection. Oh, cool! And so, yeah, and you definitely. can hands on. You can play with the you know That's and cool. stuff, and they really enjoy that. Um, we have a lot of things for the kids this year. Um, I know your girls love the scavenger hunt. Yeah, the picture scavenger hunt. They we had a ball. Nature. They yeah. had such oh, a I'm good sure. time. I'm sure. I bet they went at it. They, she did. She was Johnny on the spot. Mm-hmm. She didn't take her very long to get it accomplished. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one of the things. Um, we have a, a vendor that is a clown, a clown, a musician. No, sorry. He is a magician <laughs> and not a clown. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he's a, he's, this is the first. He's, he's a clown. We've never seen him He's before. a clown musician. No way. He's a, I was like, I am so intrigued by this clown musician. Like, souls, souls. If that's what's happening, I want to go. Bucky the Magic Cowboy. That's what the name is. <laughs> magic Clown Cowboy. Bucky the Magic Cowboy. Please we'll see you out there, buddy. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. See you out there. How did he come hey. on the schedule? He actually contacted us, and he's like, you know, you look like you need some more kids' activity things. And I'm like, well, we're, we love having hey. more kids' activities. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't love some magic, too? Right, right. So, Always a good one. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, now, we were... now there, there's also uh, isn't the uh, are the uh, is there archery or atlatl? Atlatl, the oh, Ohio yeah, yeah. Atlatl Association what is going to be there. Does that mean atlatl? Yeah. Okay. Again, you uh, don't know so, what atlatl. Uh, what the an, hell does that mean? An atlatl is a, a Native American uh, throwing weapon. Okay. And launching spears. Yep. Mm-hmm. You launch like projectiles from a from holding onto a wood wooden piece of yeah. you know that kind of like highlight extends your arm out and you launch it you know that sport like yeah. the stuff from tron kind of highlight where they have those big scoops where they right but, throw but in the this case in you're throwing long projectiles yeah. like but arrows or whatever it's just a yes. spear yeah 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 but or like the dog slinger to throw your uh you know throw that so ball 20 but before know, there was a bow and arrow yeah the the atlatl was used and so this is before the bow and arrow mm-hmm. wow and uh, so the so they took there's a there's an atletal association uh, and uh, they're coming out to uh, allow the kids to demo very with that, cool so you can try that out. I've done it before. Uh, they used we used to have demonstrations of that um, with the Ohio Historical Society back in the day. Yeah, they kind of discontinued all this stuff. Um, oh. so we. We contacted the Atlas Association, so they're going to come out and That's provide cool. that material. So. That's cool. I would say the only thing close to that I can recall from any time in my life was a vacation Bible school, and they had a sling. They were there, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, what is it in the giant David and Goliath? David that and whole thing. And I'll tell you what: if you know how to work you one of those things really well, yeah, maybe that it. is. <clears throat> That sucker will get a, a pelt of stone moving. So I didn't get to hold on to that for very long at Vacation Bible School. They really give us that back. Oh, God, I would have never given you that. Now, I the, had it for a short time. Is it the, the Ohio DNR is kind of partly sponsoring the fishing casting uh, training oh, cool, for the cool. kids? Well, we have applied for the Get Outdoors grant. Um, we have yet to know, to, you know, to know if we've, we've gotten that. Um, but we're still doing a family fun workshop um, and kind of using the ODNR fishing kind of classes and stuff. Um, and next year we'll definitely 
um, if we, especially if we get the grant, well, it'll be ODNR. Um, our uh, volunteer, Kenny Grooms, is overseeing all that. He is going to take the ODNR training next year, so it'll be an official Very ODNR cool. kind of circumstances for cool. next year. Awesome. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. You know, um, a lot of times what I, I, how I set up the festival is like what's going on in the world today or, mm -hmm. you know, what I've been, con you know, people have contacted me or whatnot. Well, on Friday, we have an hour and a half workshop because we have workshops as well as presentations. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be done um, by a still um, presenter or, you know, rep. And he's doing an hour and a half long maintenance and um, just a classroom on how to work a chainsaw. Hmm. You know, chainsaw. Oh, I thought you meant a still, like a still, like not not distilling still, alcohol. Not yep. the still, steel. The steel. I was steel interested. Chainsaw. Either I'm still interested with the steel chainsaw. <laughs> yes, but you both know, sides. I'm interested. Yeah, with all the storms we had come through yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a brand new trees. Yeah, I have yeah. a brand new chainsaw, and I really. I, yeah. Everybody says, "Oh, Google." You're not Google it, but YouTube. But YouTube, YouTube it, and I'm like. And I would really feel more comfortable seeing someone hands-on. And you, you can know. ask a question if yes. you need to. Yes. You know, yeah, so right. some safety, basic safety training. Yeah, and then you're good. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then you're good. And actually, it's funny you say that. I just bought a, a, a it's like a one of those extended pole trimmer saws. Oh, yeah. And I was like, my God, this is, like my, cool. this is my first chainsaw. Electric. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, my first chainsaw good... as an adult because I live in the city with very little, but, you know, mm -hmm. I'm trying to reach really weird places, but... Wow, my wife goes. That just saved us a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. because yeah. we don't call it an arborist now to come out and trim. You know these places that I can't get to. Exactly. Like, eh, I'll exactly. Take Stick it. trimmer, man. Those are yeah, great. They're mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. But that's such a good skill set to have. And again, you know, if you live in an area where it might happen or does happen, mm -hmm. and you just don't like, you know, and 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 this is great for learning. novice or experts. Yeah. He says he has people come in all the time, even an expert, and they're like, they learned something from his class that cool. they're like, oh, I didn't think about that, Good. you know. And it's all free. All these sponsors, you know, all these programs are put on. Um, the West Union uh, Mower Service is sponsoring the chainsaw. Cool. You know? Great. Um, we, we love it. But, you know, back to that fishing um, class, our son has, our youngest has gotten into fishing. And I'm like... You know, when, when we set this event up, it's all about summer. And yes, Serpent Mound as well. But, you know, there's all, there's only so much um, you can talk about with Serpent Mound. Right. With after, you know, this is, like I said, this 14 years. Mm -hmm. we've, we've been reiterating everything. And it's like, okay, we, we need new topics. We need new fresh meat. Yeah. You know, new lectures, all this stuff. And so my thinking is always, okay, what do you do in the summertime? You know, a couple of years back, our theme was paranormal. And um, I think it's before you guys came on. But, uh, and everybody's like, why are you talking about Bigfoot? Why are you talking about ghosts? I'm like, when you sit around awesome? a campfire, what did you talk about? Can we, are we doing that again sometime, anytime soon? Can we go? <laughs> well, 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 go I'll tell again. you what, though, last year under the tent, um, the, the Bigfoot researcher, uh -huh. uh, Dusty, Dusty uh -huh. was holding court underneath <laughs> the tent until like 1 o'clock in the morning. And this oh my goodness. About At about like 10 a.m., I just went ahead and grabbed the mic, turned on the amp, yep. and gave him a microphone. 
because so many people were coming up under the tent. I'm like, let's just yeah. make this legit. Here you I was go, thinking Dustin. maybe you have a late night, maybe it's do a late night ghost story session that we could. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. That would be fun. You know, uh, if people want to around the campfire, mm-hmm. you have something like that where you well, offer it up like, hey, there'll be ghost stories later on if anybody wants to do it. But, you know, just so people aren't like, oh, you made it a part of the event. Well, it's like a side quest. Well, the, well, well the, the event to the public is is only open until during, 7 till 7 p.m. So right. okay. you're talking about the the people left the behind are, hours. are okay. the <laughs> vendors that are hanging around okay. uh, you know yeah, camping we have out like there 26 so. volunteers I don't this know year. if I realized that to be honest yeah, yeah, you, might not, you might not have <laughs> Well we were kind of hustling and got yeah. going during the day and we were just like streaming everything to Zoom and right. and then Kyle came on Saturday and and I mean I, or I was just like hanging out with my family uh-huh. and a camper and helping them make food and stuff but yeah i don't know if i really realized that that's so awesome. we kind of shut the the event down and encourage people to go over to serpent mound to watch the sunset for yeah. the alignment mm-hmm. um but the event you know is over relatively early in the evening so yeah yeah it, it used to go longer but things just got a little out of hand and we're like yeah we can't yeah. deal with this anymore right yeah. no and you don't need you don't need that part of it either if you you know yeah. if it gets a little too crazy or out of hand like just Keep oh, it for yeah. what it needs to be for, and you know, yeah. we try to be a family-friendly activity. Yeah, yeah and um, it is. You know, no drugs, no alcohol, no nudity, and yes, there's a story behind it. Oh um, wow! Sure, <laughs> I am sure <laughs> there is. <laughs> no, neither he or I were at that when it when that happened. I had just left, and this was the first year that we actually publicized the drumming. With our event, because in prior to that, (laughs) it was just a local group would drum over on my mom and dad's property, which is Soaring Eagle. Yeah, but we used to the the event actually started at Serpent Mound, and then in 2015, I think or 16, we moved over to Soaring Eagle, and uh, that year, like I said, we promoted it, and um, we we were having a grand old time. I mean, there was a fire troop from Cincinnati that came oh, wow. out and they're spinning fire and all the I mean hmm. it was a show you wow. know on itself and you get um, those circus folk out there spinning fire it turns into a party well wow. that's what Real it ended quick. up happening <laughs> yeah exactly so, they don't come to play around yeah well some people did yeah some yeah. people decided to you know either drink or drugs or whatever and yeah decided to start getting naked and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, but that was after midnight, and, and we yeah, were informed. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of things after. I, 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 I'd been out all day long, so I was already asleep by then. Yeah. I'd already gone back home to sleep. Our kids weren't there. You were. Well, they weren't even just, born yet. Right, they weren't born yet. <laughs> but I had two daughters that you know that oh, were still yeah. young, that yeah. were teenagers, and I had just taken them back to mom's to to go to bed and um, my aunt's like calling going, there's people getting naked up here. What's going on? Where's your mom and dad? And I'm like, well, mom and dad's up there. Where are, where are they? You Some, know? So yeah. It got shut down really too yeah. quickly. And, but. Yeah. And the sad oh, part God. about it yeah. is, you know, we found out later that there was a chiefs, some Indian chiefs yeah. that were, uh, had been there. And we're supposed to be meeting up with us because we had wanted to meet each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, like I said, I had left when they showed up. Mom and dad had ended up going over to Serpent Mound to um, police the place, make yeah. sure nobody was in the vending booths and nobody was over there. 
And so um, they were coming back, and they, uh, my aunt and uh, one of the volunteers had already shut down the dancing and, and stuff. But when it started happening, these chiefs, they we were told that they just got up and left. And um, so just recently, I put two and two together, and I'm like, okay, this is where some of this crazy stories are coming from, you know, that we ha we have orgies and stuff out there. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, I don't know where yeah. that's at. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So they, they some seen of the this things get that are being said where you're like, left. that's not of, what it is at all. A lot of rumors yeah. out there. Yeah. I mean, when you have a Man, I'll go like full that, conspiracy sure. now. What if that was a plant? People are like, we're going to go out. Well, we've gonna... wondered sometimes, but, you know, it just all happened. That was the only year it happened. Yeah. Um, the three people that got naked, they actually ended up coming to my dad and mom the next day and apologized. They oh, were like, okay. we didn't know that this wasn't allowed, you know, all this stuff. Getting I guess naked. It's, yeah, in, hey man, I people, guess in most drummings, yeah. that, you know, after Clothing's 12 optional. is so clothing optional. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you right now, there's only about a few substances that basically get you to the point where all of a sudden you shed all your clothes. I can tell you probably the two <laughs> things that that guy was on a hundred percent. I mean, if you're not on, I don't know. I, that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've seen people uh, get naked for less for on LSD. People like to get naked. True it's just story. a thing that happens. True story. And, and that guy probably <laughs> True story. Well, he got too far. That's out a lot there. of speculation. Who knows? Well, That's yeah. a lot of speculation. Yes. I'm definitely he might have enjoyed the cool air. Maybe it was hot. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't know for sure. Well, at least for all your your viewers and listeners, that won't be something you'll see. Yeah, right. please, please please keep your clothes on. You yes. know, you can wear a tank top, yep. some some jorts, whatever. Yeah. Well, there's still people oh, that overalls. come out and do the the fire. Yeah. Um, well, now they're using light up hula hoops and sure, McCoy. sure, mm -hmm. sure. Um, and even cool. we've gotten a set, several sets several years back and my kids would, you know, would play with them and yep. we beat ourselves in the head with it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's not easy to do. Yeah. Not but it, it's really cool, you know, to be out there and see all that oh, um, yeah. when they're, when they're doing, and that's, that's the fun part of it. And a lot of the community likes, liked to listen to or be a part of the drumming. So instead of at midnight or, you know, from dark to midnight, um, we are ending the festival this year from six to, to seven on Sunday with an open community drum. Cool. So we can at least, you know, the, the community can drum and yeah. be a part of, of that experience. So, um, fantastic. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. We're, we're so excited. And I'm pretty pumped. Well, yeah. We're super thankful for you guys' assistance. We, well, we're really happy that you guys are excuse me. Coming Absolutely. up there, you guys made a real positive impact with us last year too. So, oh yeah, hope to do the same again this year. That uh, yeah, we've got everything kind of rolling. Yeah, along. doing it last year was cool because we got to see kind of just you know the first year was pretty simplified. We tried to, the streaming. I mean, we brought little Wi-Fi hotspots <laughs> out and somehow streamed all weekend <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Right, like we bonded yeah. three or four hotspots together. Nice, and pushed it to Zoom. Oh, and, and that's Zoom, how you did it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was a Zoom link. Is that how we're doing it this year? You can't no. RTMP stream. No, we're, gonna we're not going live this year. Yeah, we, too, you have to come out and you know to see it yeah. and everything. Yeah. But a but few it, few no weeks internet later, infrastructure for that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. You you have to be sitting, standing in one place in the field, I think, yeah. to get 
4G. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I mean, it worked. We had times where it went, went out a little bit and, you know, we had some awesome people in there. We had Dr. William Romain at one point was tuned into our stream. That oh, was cool. exciting. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, so doing it last year was great for us. We're going to bring some toys and some tools to the table. We're going to bring more people out this year. And, uh, you know, if we're going to be um, capturing the presentations and, and mm -hmm. Saturday we're doing uh, the live podcast, it's like, well, you know, let's try to bring a little bit of our set to, you know, the Friends of the Serpent Mount event. Love and, it. Love it. And so, uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's just just for people that are watching or listening, the way to get to yes. uh, the, the site, you can go over to Serpent Mound and you can park and walk the Buckeye Trail over to the property next door to attend that. You will have to pay their parking fee. Last year, they upped the parking fee as a special event parking to over $10, I think. Good wow. grief. But you can park for free over at the event. Um, you just have to go up uh, Horner Chapel Road, which is the first road near Serpent Mound to the to the east. east. Yeah. And uh, and park over at Soaring Eagle, and uh, if you want to go over to Serpent Mound, you can walk the Buckeye Trail over to Serpent Mound, mm -hmm. and and you won't have to pay that ten dollar parking fee. So, uh, that's you great. know, it's, but that's the way to get there. I should point out that um, you know the Buckeye Trail, for those that aren't aware, is a hiking trail that that goes all around the state of Ohio, and. It is also a part of the National North Country Trail run by the National Park Service. Okay. Um, so the stretch that runs through the Soaring Eagle property and through Serpent Mound is part of the National Hiking Trail, North Country Trail, as well as being the Buckeye Trail stretch. That's so cool. So it is uh, often hiked by people that are trying to hike the entire trail across the country. We've met quite a few people that Jeez, make that hike. That's so, old. Yeah, that's I don't know old. if you remember, uh, was it last year, the guy that hiked all the way from Massachusetts, right? And then mm -hmm. he got up there and gave a talk about uh, he yeah. was hiking for peace, yeah. right? And so he made that entire hike, managed to time it to get to Serpent Mound the day before the event began. Incredible. And so we decided to, hey, you want to give a talk about your hike for peace? And so yeah. we, you know, we we put him up there and it was uh it was amazing uh to see him make that trip. You know? Oh, I believe it. So, I read a story like that and you guys are like school. attracting amazing. that stuff though. Like <laughs> The event, the you guys as a whole. I mean, the property. It's, it's just magnet. it's right by the Buckeye Trail. I mean, it's just, it literally is a magnet of just awesomeness. That <laughs> I'm excited to get the perspective of it from being where it's oh, at next dude. to Serpent Mountain because he has such a good working understanding of it. Where he'll tell me about it, I'm like, I kind of under, I, but I've never. I have to see things. I have to be so, there. So you know when you go off, when you get into the parking lot, there's the bathrooms that we always hit right away. Off to the right. Off to the right. Yeah. And if you just keep going off to the right, you'll see that bigger conical mound. Yeah. Off to the right. You take that and you just keep walking towards it. And that's the Buckeye Trail is on oh, the other side of that mound. I didn't that, know that. Their property. Never been uh, over that way. Delcy's mother's property, the Soaring Eagle, and then... Uh, their home and everything is literally right on the other side of the fence of that mound. 
and there's a little path that connects the two. And the first time we went, I tell people, I'm like, no, there's literally, when I say there's two camps to the people that research Serpent Mound, there's actually two camps because we went to your event. We went to this, um, your event first and we were just there i brought my girls to have fun this was probably like four years ago or something mm -hmm. um and uh it, i think we went on like a saturday and then walked over to serpent mountain they were having their own event right and talks mm -hmm. and then we were watching your talks and then we went over there to hang out and it's like there's two camps yeah the Ohio History Connection has not announced what their plans are, uh, but we anticipate that they will also have yeah. some kind of lectures that are going to take place. You just never know with them what they're going to do. They do. They don't really broadcast or schedule yeah. things out for for their event until almost the last minute. So, no, no. yeah. So well, I would anticipate though that they will also have stuff, uh, you know, which. Uh, you know, if you're walking back and forth between the two sites, you'd be able to experience whatever you want. There's right. a huge range of stuff for a wide variety of interests. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's it's great. great. Um, and then music acts. You guys had a couple. Do we cover all the music acts? There's that... two other music acts. Three on Sunday. There's okay. more. I kind of do like local history, archaeology, yeah. and then spiritual, a mixture of everything on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, so on Sunday, one of our local volunteers is playing the um, Crystal Music Bowls. Mm -hmm. And he um, even Deo. lets, yeah, Theo, he even cool. lets the um, audience, you know, can come up and try their hand at playing. Participate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're not familiar with the Crystal Bowls, you know, you tap the side of it and you run the wand around it and it resonates mm -hmm. the crystal uh to particular mm. musical tones and so these uh he has a whole range of these crystal bowls other people have brought crystal bowls and participated yeah obviously you don't have to if you don't have one or something mm -hmm. like that but if you got one and you want to come out and join that bring it that out. you can hear come them they out. resonate across the whole field it's, it's pretty incredible. wild that's cool yeah it's incredible so, he um last year him and uh, Joseph Whitefeather. That's right. Did a fusion. See, with the I thought flutes. that they had known each other or, or <laughs> right now. that they yeah. were performing together. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, oh, that was great. We never did that before. I'm like, wait, you guys have never done that? I'm like, no. Joseph Whitefeather is incredible. a Native American flute player and he makes flutes. He, I, and, his flutes uh, are wicked. Yeah, well, cool. his they, flutes are chakra based and so are Deo's bowls mm -hmm. are chakra based. So they, you know, the fusion is perfect. So right. they, they Who's decided unreal. to join together and and create some new fusion music, which was pretty cool. That's great. They just sort of did it on the spot, and uh, it was wild. Yeah, and we just ran up there and like mic'd everything, uh, mm -hmm. just put some like mics around. Oh, the bowl! I remember Sam. I think Sam helped me with that. We had a uh, ambient mic that he set up, uh -huh. and it was sounding awesome in the stream. <laughs> I mean, it was really really neat. We oh. had a mic for the flute. Uh -huh. It was. You know, it turned out so good. Uh-huh. So, um, Joseph is planning on being there, but yeah. his health-wise, they oh, didn't no. want to put him, um, they take it day day by day. Yeah. Um, so, hopefully, they're, they're planning on being at the festival. And you never know with Joseph, he might just jump up there with Deo and, yeah. and start playing, you know. Wow. So, let's hope. Um, then, uh, Jack Holland is going to play again. 
um, with the crazy flute. Um, there is a Pamela Bennett is going to be talking about the Mississippi Mound Builders designs, mm. um, and then share a story, a creation story from her peoples. Um, then a, a naturalist, um, Kathy McQueen, is going to be talking about the sounds of nature. Um, every year we kind of have a theme, and uh, at the begin at the end of last year, the theme kind of come to me of sound and music. Yeah. So that's why there's a little bit more music this year than other times. Um, like you know, we've got a workshop where one lady is doing sound healing. Mm. You know, kind of fill into that um, theme. Awesome. Um, then. Well, isn't the the sounds of nature lady? Isn't she? going to call the... That's after hours. Oh, that's the after hours one. Yeah, that's, so that's for uh, fun for all of us. She's, she's doing like bird calling and that kind of She's going to call in the owls. Stop! <laughs> we talk about owls on the show. You're going to find me on Probably your property like little... two weeks after this event. I'm just going to be living with the, the owls. <laughs> yeah. Like, whose tent, who's tent is that over there? It's the owl man. Hey! Sorry about that. Um, I don't know what you want me to do, but this is sweet. And you got owls so between, here. Between the falconry and calling in the owls, <laughs> yeah. there, is a, there is a bald eagle's nest on the opposite side of the a creek for, from Serpent Mound, yeah. uh, where Serpent Mound Very is. Cool. You might see eagles out there. Nice. So We did nice. mention Aroa. Binoculars we mentioned Aroa about coming out. To he should definitely come out. I need to touch base it. with him on that. He would. He'll he get. Would he'll get, get the owls. He comes out there and calls Bring him in his with flute. his flute. Yeah, and hoots with the well, with I the just flute. Where, um, uh, blue, blue, Douglas Bluefeather mm-hmm. posted where he in, was playing his flute at one of the events, and oh, an yeah. eagle came in. Oh yeah, and he was playing with the you know the eagle yeah. was calling back to him well, and stuff. I'm like that's that's magical right there. I, we've seen it. With <laughs> maybe Roa maybe it's a owls. wild leap, but I mean, if the Native Americans were playing a lot of them, they were really respected. Uh-huh. All of the That's major birds. Have, yeah. yeah, maybe they had a lot more interaction in. with Douglas, them because of yeah. Douglas Blue Feather is the tone of the sound of the shrill kind of American oh. Ohio Native American like music times. festival. Yes, okay. Which I think is in the next couple of days. I don't know if somebody can look that up uh, in in the control area. There's a Native Native American uh, music festival. Okay. And he has always been kind of one of the organizers of that. And I want to say it's. Is that the one at Sunwatch? Well, they used to have it at Sunwatch, but I think they have a different venue this year. Um, but I think it's in the next week or two. I don't know if I could maybe look online while you guys are talking or something. But. We've tried to get Douglas to come to our event, but he usually always has something else going on. Yeah, yeah. he came, came many years ago. Many years ago he came, but uh, it's been a while since he's come out to ours. Uh, it's just like there's so many other things that are happening at the solstice. It's always mm-hmm. difficult for some people to come out. And, sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. There's some, so many things happening in the summertime. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's like I always say it's like getting but, shot out of a cannon. You know, summer starts in Ohio and it's like, go. <laughs> Everything all at once now. Because it's now, cold, now. and then all of a sudden it's hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you book. <laughs> I'm loving this week. What is supposed this to be in the seventies? Like, yeah, wow. I'll tell you what. We went camping last weekend, and the weather at night uh-huh. was so incredible. Yes. Yeah, it was. the full moon weekend. Uh-huh. Did you see uh, any fireflies? Yes, we, not yet. Really? It was too oh. cold where I was. Oh, there they've been out since yeah. last month. It's it's a bit warmer house. where you oh, guys yeah. are. Yeah. I noticed that when we go, it's it's humid. It's warmer uh-huh. than it it is here in the river in yeah. Columbus. We saw them in Kentucky for sure. Did my, you? My nieces yeah. and nephews were going out and catching them. Oh yeah. But Columbus is just north enough. We don't. We haven't seen any. 
Well, that's like when we was driving up here, we was noticing that your wheat's not, you know, ready to harvest it. And mm-hmm. we've been, har- you know, that's there. I think they're now harvesting a lot of the wheat now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's generally a little bit warmer up here than when I go back home. And I think we don't get right as now, much sure. water and it keeps a little bit more of that rain away and stuff just because of the city has so much heat and all the concrete and yeah. Literally, it's uh, 10 degrees warmer every time I come it, back. It right. just happened. June 3rd and 4th was the 7th oh, annual oh. Indigenous Music Festival. So. Well, and that might have been what he was posting. Maybe at, it was at that event that he had that happen to him. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's so, cool. I, 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 I'm just flabbergasted. Well, keep that on your radar for next year, folks. I mean, I'd like to check that out. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So there's two more musicians on Sunday. There is um, Phil Barnett. He's actually out of West Virginia, but he now lives in Winchester, which is in Adams County. And he's like a folk Appalachian singer. Okay. Um, And then, um, let's see, we follow up with Stephen Rutherford, who is a, actually he's a a musician, artist, producer, production. You know, he does a lot of stuff and he's out of the Midwest area. Um, And he's going to be playing his music and playing the drum. And he also... Um, is uh, uh, like a heal, you know, he does sound healing mm-hmm, and things and, mm-hmm. and on the spiritual side of it. And Boy, it sounds like it's fun, gonna be fun. I'll tell you what, we've been kind of connecting into the sound therapy and, and sound healing uh-huh. thing. Uh, we have a friend that's living in Costa Rica right now working at a uh, an ayahuasca uh, retreat center, mm-hmm. and she plays the high spirit flute. And she's been basically developing this system Mm -hmm. and helping people through these experiences. And she came on our show and played flute for us. And it was, she had crystal bowls. Uh She was singing. uh, Uh Amel, it's uh, Lovia is episode 14 or something like that. Yeah, you you definitely don't don't know. Why am I looking at you, (laughs) (laughs) Bob? No offense. Doesn't even... Yep. Nope. Nope. Um, fifteen. Episode fifteen. Um, but yeah. she did a demonstration for us, and we all laid back and uh, played the crystal bowls and, and harmonized with the singing bowls, uh-huh. and then played flute and was singing, and it, it really it knocked something loose in this studio. Wow. Because after that, it just felt like this whole zone was, and we she wasn't even here live. She was in Costa Rica. <laughs> And she's yeah. a musician, cool. so she cool. had a really sweet setup, awesome uh-huh. microphone. She's uh-huh. got all the input. She does music lessons. Did it, so did it sync your brain waves? Is that what it, your your it consciousness shifted? As it a totally of it? did because I felt so good. And maybe having the headphones on was the oh, key yeah. to That's it too. Definitely yeah. one of the biggest um, parts. And was you know kind of isolating. We it. made a clip on one of our YouTube shorts and reels and TikToks of uh, her going into the meditation, and then the, it just cuts to me and Bob going. and we're just like like right there with her and uh, you know anybody that's watched that full episode Uh gets affected by that you know she talks about the emerald tablets of thoth and some experiences she had when she was exploring these sound vibrations and frequencies Mm -hmm. and this music and and all these things started coming through Mm -hmm. but she shares her experience and and so this year has been very much a sound oriented year cool for us and even um you know adam russell you know talking about mm-hmm. building um and he's watched your episode 
and was blown away and got super inspired. Adam Russell is a, a Agni Hotra practice, practitioner, which is uh, an ancient Vedic practice where it's an inverted pyramid and you light, light cow ghee and, um, and basically the flame reverberates and gets sucked down into this pyramid and it punches atmospherical holes into through all the pollution where they find these particles way way up in the atmosphere huh. but it helps regenerate land it brings back the energy mm -hmm. according to him i'm not an expert but <laughs> we met this guy uh in 2018 at a uh, tribalized conference that we live streamed and they start building pyramids on people's properties uh -huh. and he uses agnihotra with these pyramids and it's all about sound and vibration and um, so, me. like I said, this has been a, a theme. So I'm really excited that your entire theme for your event <laughs> is all about this stuff. The sound of music. Yep. yep. So, different themes every year. We change, change it up. Yeah, and it's fun, Bob. I can't wait for. I'm you pretty to... excited. I yeah. Think you know we, that we, should, we should mention that we do also talk about Serpent <laughs> Hey, well, that's like that, well, that's more the main buffet, right? Everybody knows that you're going to hit on that, but like right. knowing the what else right. besides that, because like like you yeah. said, if you've been to Jeffrey's it, the headliner a lot of times, basically every day, yeah, and he's got a, <laughs> that, a, but... a, you have a presentation for every day this year, last year. I don't know. Am I on the schedule all three days? You do have to talk on Sunday, and I don't have a title for you yet. Oh, so well, I guess one. he'll he'll talk about the Serpent Mountain <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, one of the days for yeah. sure. And you're going to be giving a presentation on. You have a book that's really, really close to being it's, finished. Yes, it's very. And very it's close. what's the name of uh, the working title? the The book. Uh, the title of the book is "The Ancient Monuments of the Mississippi Valley: The Expanded Edition." What the book is, is there was a book that was published in 1848. The authors were Ephraim George Squire and Edwin Hamilton Davis. Uh, they were from Chillicothe, Ohio. Yeah. And they wrote a book describing um, a lot of the mound sites in Ohio, some in Kentucky, a couple in Indiana, uh, and then several down south. And... The, hence the Mississippi Valley part of it. Um, and the book has become kind of a landmark in the archaeology world because the maps that they made of all of these ancient sites are kind of become iconic. Mm -hmm. um, and when I, I've been working on a book about Serpent Mound for, for quite some time, a very comprehensive volume. And as I was researching the book, I went back to what they had written about Serpent Mound because they wrote the first published account about Serpent Mound, included the first illustration of Serpent Mound. Yeah. And I went back to kind of fact check them. They got several factual errors and incorrect about what they wrote. But I realized that the illustration of Serpent Mound that was in that book, which is like all of the the subsequent people that have written uh, in archaeology have always attributed all those maps to Squire and Davis. Right. Mm -hmm. But the illustrations were not done by Squire and Davis. They were done by uh, through a lithographic print process, which meant the lithographers worked off of an illustration to create that lithograph. And for those that aren't aware of what that process is, basically take a slab of stone, 
and they coat it with wax, and then the artist draws the image to be printed in mirror reverse. Yeah. And then they cover coat, they yeah. coat it with an acid, uh, which doesn't affect the wax, but etches that carving into the stone itself. And then they put the ink on and then they stamp the print it. That's how the print technology was back in 1848. Yeah. And that's how they made these illustrations. So these the <clears throat> the um artists were uh Cerrone and Major was the company, Nicholas uh, Cerrone and, and uh, Henry B. Major. They did all of the major maps that are in the book. Then there was a whole 200-plus illustrations that were made by a woodcutting team, essentially the same process, but engraving it into wood instead of into stone. Mm -hmm. And the woodcutters, uh, Orrin Richardson was the company, both uh, companies were out of New York, they created all the illustrations. But they worked off of drawings that somebody else had done and turns out that Squire and Davis did about 28% of all of the illustrations in the book. Hmm. All the rest of the illustrations were done by other people. And, and so, is this something you think everyone knew about, but it kind of just got lost throughout time? I don't think so. I don't or think do you think from the beginning they from, were set up to make it look like they did all these surveys yeah, and drawings? That's sure. exactly what Squire's intention was, <clears throat> was to Whoa. try to kind and of And nobody's take questioned this until you came across these well, it, these earlier drawings? No the, one's the Smithsonian issued a uh, 150th anniversary edition back in the late 90s of this book. And in the introduction in that book, he talked a tiny little bit about, mm. about uh, how Squire was being accused of stealing other people's oh, work. Oh, wow. Um, but they didn't really go into much depth of that. Right. What I've done is I've created essentially – um, almost like an annotated edition. So as you flip through the original pages of the book, wherever you hit one of those big major maps, I will have additional pages in there showing, well, what was the source of that map? Mm -hmm. Who was the person who made that map? Mm -hmm. A little historical commentary about the, all the other people, you know, 100 plus people that worked on doing all of those archaeological surveys, all right. doing all that archaeological work that Squire then came by and just stole Scooped credit up. for. And right. um, wow. that's what the book is. It started it out is. to be just a simple, you know, annotated edition. It has now turned into a multi-volume book. <laughs> Delcy, um, look at Delcy. Let's cut like, to Delcy, please. <laughs> it's gone over 1,200 pages, so we've had to break it up into multiple volumes. And and as I was telling you before we started, yeah. um, I just received another 120 pages of stuff Dude, that's never I'm been published you, before that will be so included in the book. Let me so. just preface this by saying last summer at the <laughs> Friends of Serpent Mountain Summer Solstice event, yeah. yep. I spoke with Jeff about, man, we're pretty close for the book to being complete. Yep. I think we got about three weeks. Fast Shush. forward a year, a little under now a year, and I was talking about Delcy, with Delcy about this on the phone. It's because he just keeps finding more and more and more stuff, and it just keeps. That's never the, been published. This before. Lotus flower is just <laughs> like stuff. <what? laughs> the stuff I got today is over two hundred years old. Never been published before. I would just write a and, series. 
Well, well that's what he's going to do for the serpent man stuff. You got to <laughs> yes. just start. That's the presentations. Because you right? might or, still, you might find that it never stops now, exactly. or that it just keeps flowing, and then right. you go, well, how do I get this book out? So that's where. Yeah. So that's why the material that I got yesterday and today from two different institutions. This is a huge series, bro. That this is like the cutoff line, and yeah. so you know They're we're whatever. No, he's cutting You're himself cutting off. Himself I'm, yeah. I'm cutting off. You're self-publishing. Yeah, so so we just we're trying to get the book out. Uh, as, as so anybody as with new information, you're just sticking your finger in your ears. No, you know what? That's called a volume three. Last volume year, three, maybe. last yeah. year in June, he's like, "Oh, I just found all the. I think yeah. we're close. Like, yeah. I just came across this incredible. You were telling me about <clears throat> the maps that you had found. You know, last summer, more and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, you had said at that time, Delcy, that there's just he needed that extra time to, yeah. because from then until now, you found hundreds of additional so maps, much yeah. more. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So the reason that the, that I decided to, to do this book to begin with, because I was working on the Serpent Mound book, was once I realized that Squire and Davis had not done the illustration that was printed in the book, that the lithographers had to have worked off of a drawing. That meant that there was an earlier sure. drawing. Mm -hmm. sure. And I, you know, Search through the continues. Hail Mary pass yeah. to try to find it. Yeah. And not only did I find it, I found the the source material for nearly all of the maps right. that went into the book, which has led to finding more source material that it's going to blow people away. As I said to many people in the past, and you saw that lecture last year, if if any one of these maps had surfaced by itself, the archaeological community would have been excited about it. Yeah. But the fact that I've found hundreds of them, yeah. hundreds of them, and none of them have ever been published before right. that date back 150 to 200 years old. Pretty significant. It's it's. It's astonishing that none of this material has ever been presented to the public before. Well, it makes you wonder what I'm else we don't get access to or somebody's forgotten of or just, you right. know, oops, that's underneath this. Forgot, you know. Right. So, yeah. you know, um, as part of the research for the book, I went back and looked at the, the earlier uh, reprint edition that the Smithsonian did. But there was another edition printed by Harvard back in the early 70s. It was the... 150th edition, or no, I'm sorry, the 125th edition. The Smithsonian published the 150th edition. And in that book, they talked about um, that the the person who wrote the introduction was an archaeologist from the University of Michigan. Uh, and he wrote that he had gone to uh, the Library of Congress and reviewed Squire's papers and had found some of this early material and described how different that original drawing was versus what got published. And he said, well, there's, you know, uh, space constraints here, so I'm not going to go into any of the rest of it. Well, he never published on any of it hmm. other than that little one paragraph Blurred. that he wrote. Mm -hmm. And so no one has really recognized that this material existed or has done any of this. So that's that's really what the the book is about is to resurface Congrats, man. a lot of older archaeological material that people have not ever seen before and give credit where credits due as well yes absolutely that's one of the biggest of, and most important parts to me at least yes yeah. and that is uh, so I have 
you know, probably 30 small biographical, you know, profiles of all of many of the people that have worked on the book. Plus, as you go through the book, there are probably another 30 more uh, that, uh, you know, come up as one offs kind of thing. Yeah, but that's cool. But it's been interesting to see how many of the early people from, let's say, you know, the late 1700s through the 1820s, how many of them knew each other, worked on this stuff mm-hmm. together, and almost so chains continued through yeah, time of right. passing this along and yeah, keeping so it alive? And I was astonished to find, for instance, uh, color maps made of places like the Circleville Earthworks wow. or the Which Newark Earthworks or Fort Ancient that people have never seen that date back to you know prior to 1820. Whoa. Never been reported on in the archaeological literature, never been talked about, and yet full color, amazing maps. And you just go, why why hasn't this stuff been reported before? Yeah. You know? So that's really what the book is about. And uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's very close. It just got dumped another 150 (laughs) pages on me today. I have to sift through that and put it together. Whether it's done before the solstice or not, I don't know, but I'm going to try. Well, you can do like uh, updates as you go along or something like that. You know, I don't know how you do that with the the book if it's just like. Well, second edition, third edition maybe. Yeah, just keep keep it rolling. This is incredible. I mean, that's incredible. And I know we talked a little bit about it. Yeah, the the original manuscript was just shy of 400 pages, the original book. Okay. So that's included. And then there's an additional 800 plus pages of material that I've added to the original book. And yeah, I it, know why it's three or two. Oh my volumes. god! And, bro. and I'm also including in the second volume, Squire had written um, probably about an 80 page sort of short version of Ancient Monuments in the Mississippi okay. Valley that was published before Ancient Monuments came out. It was called. The um, observations of the Aboriginal monuments of the Mississippi Valley. So I'm including that 80 pages. Plus, Squire and Davis both wrote a handful of short multi-page articles uh, before they began to think about writing ancient Mm. monuments. I've included those in the appendix. So it's really the compendium of all their material leading up to and including ancient monuments and then – all of this additional source material from, you know, probably 50 different people that, that, you know, collections from institutions across the country. Wow. So um, it's been, it's been a, you know, an amazing eye-opening journey to find all of this material. I'm just happy to share it out there. I've done, you know, probably six to 10 public lectures on this stuff over the last year. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there'll be another one that will happen at the summer solstice. So. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. That's Prolific a long road. researcher, folks. This guy's not over that's here a long road. watching YouTube Jeez. videos. He comes with receipts, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Like well, none receipts. Of, none of the stuff. Well, I would say probably, uh, you know, 90% of this material has never been digitized before. I've gotten these institutions to digitize this God, stuff. That's so cool. So that I can include Leading the charge, man. You're leading the charge. Very cool. So it's not stuff that you can find on the internet. Almost yeah. none of it is out there. Yeah. Wow. So. But will be. Sounds like it's in the making. 
at least some of it. Yeah. It's being digitized if they let it loose. But, you know, the talk that I gave last year Free history, that you guys filmed yeah. is kind of an kind of an early preview now of what the book yeah. is like. Yeah. Um, and you can go out to YouTube and on your Check guys' channel out. or our channel, yeah. yep. and you can watch that and get a sense of what that's like. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about that. We're like, man, Jeff, we could set him up with a 10-part series and just mm-hmm. do like the Serpent Mountain right. Cosmos series of, you know. Yep. But, but as soon Wilson. as this book is done, I'm back to the Serpent Mountain book, which is now turned into a multi-volume series, uh, which is called the Serpent Mountain Chronicles. And so the first volume will be a guide to Serpent Mound. There hasn't been a guide written for 25 years about Serpent Mound. So we're going to write a more updated guide. Cool. And then uh, each of the following volumes will be on subject matter that I've done lectures on. Um, so, for instance, I've given a lecture about the the ladies of Boston that yeah. save Serpent yeah. Mound. So yep. the women that save Serpent Mound will be a volume. We talked be a about volume that. about all of Frederick Ward Putnam from Harvard University's excavations at sure. Serpent Mound. Yeah. There'll be a ta- uh, kind of a volume probably about the Hopewell heist, about all the Hopewell artifacts yep. being stolen and the recovery of that material. There'll be uh, you know, a volume uh, uh, kind of going through the, the history of, of the park, uh, focusing on, you know, there'll probably be a volume about the WPA and CCC era of, uh, oh, you know, in the, in the thirties, hmm. uh, early forties. If we can get access so. to that data, that information. Yeah, we're still researching some of that material, but many of those volumes are already planned out. It's just a matter of, uh, piecing that stuff together. So there's a lot more to come. Uh, it's just a matter of, just, yeah, <laughs> the material is just overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. So. God, if it overwhelms you, I'd be so like, <laughs> <laughs> he's overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh my God. You oh, soak up information yeah. like nobody I've ever met, really. I mean, uh, yeah. That, you get to a point where, I mean, one door opens another and another That's and exactly another. That's exactly what has yeah. happened. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've found the trail of breadcrumbs and the clues that lead me to find a whole nother set of stuff. That's like exciting. I was telling you, I got some material from the American Antiquarian Society yesterday. Mm-hmm. I had requested a specific thing. They did not find that in their archives, even though it's there somewhere. They get, it's, it's, you know, somewhere that they're still looking for, but they found material from this same guy, sent that to me. And as I was telling you, uh, one of the maps that they sent me was of a map that's a hundred years older than what archaeologists say is the the oldest map that's ever been made of this site down in Tennessee. This map is a hundred years older than the oldest map that these archaeologists have cited. And so, you know, it's sitting in some archive, you know, in the American Antiquarian site. They sent it to me. They didn't know what what it was. They didn't know they didn't have any, you know, catalog information on it. But you know, I just keep Asking for the stuff that's not digitized, the stuff that's blacked out in the catalog, you know, that kind of thing to find out what is there. What is this? Right. Wow, mm-hmm. wow that's really significant stuff, you know. Right. So, and somebody's just sitting on top of it, like, oh, really? You want I mean, this? 
you came across that by accident, and it's like, well, that's right. Now it's down this whole other rabbit hole. Yeah. Here and we that, go. That, material, that, that, <laughs> that material won't be in the book because yeah. Squire didn't write about yeah. this particular site. I'll probably have to write a separate article somewhere to talk yeah. about that. But you know, it's it's uh, astonishing the kind of material that's out there, um, and finding out you know how some of these like Squire's papers. There's like. 18 different institutions across the United States that have papers of Squire. Like it got separated out and sent all over the place. So tracking all that material down has been, I've had, uh, you know, exchanges with uh, museums in Denmark because some of uh, Squire and Davis's, you know, artifacts wound up in Denmark at two different museums to track all that stuff down, you know, so... It's it's wow, been dude. it's been wild to, to find out you know where all the stuff. Thought that some of the keys to the mystery are in Denmark. Yeah, yeah. That's just phew. yeah. It's it, that's well, it's a wild story. You know, like Davis sure uh, decided to do like an artifact exchange program with the Royal Museum in Denmark and sent them. Uh, you know. 15 artifacts from his collection and they sent back a bunch of artifacts that go in the American Ethnological Society collection. And so, you know, you're like, well, there's always this kind of the archaeologists sort of know that most of the, those artifacts wound up at the British Museum. Mm -hmm. um, but nobody ever talks about that. Some of them went to Denmark mm. and I tracked that down. I, the, the curators there were incredibly helpful. Send me photos of, they tracked them down. Wow. So, That's crazy. Wow. That's wild. The Royal Museum in Denmark was where they originally sent. And okay. the curator there said, well, our records indicate that some of them were sent to this other museum in Odense uh, in like 1905. And so, you know, Contacted the secondary museum, they tracked them down in their archives and sent me pictures of that stuff too. So, fantastic, man! Well, you heard it right here. Keep an eye out, everybody, for, for Jeff's book coming out. out. Yeah. Um, you know, we have the Friends of the Serpent Mountain Summer Solstice, which is coming up, and that's June twenty third through the twenty fifth. Uh, we have an idea of when this episode is going to air. We're going to time it all out. Make sure everybody's informed yep. before the event. And again, it's a free event. Mm -hmm. uh, before we uh, kind of wrap things up here, guys, is there anything else about the event that you would like us to know about? Um, well, again, guys, we'll have links in the description, uh, serpentmountain.org, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll link the all the festival info for you guys. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing we didn't really talk about, which I think is one of the, why do we have the event at all? Yes. Why is it related to the summer solstice? Thank you. Yeah. So uh, Serpent Mound itself in its design has various bends in the body of the serpent and has a kind of a head and an oval. And in those different convolutions, they all point to certain key times of the year where the sun rises or the sun sets on those solstices and equinoxes. The very first alignment was found in the 1980s by uh, a husband and wife team by the name of Clark and Marjorie Hardiman. And uh, they were the ones that documented and identified the summer solstice sunset alignment. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And since that time, a bunch of other researchers have identified other alignments within the body of the serpent. The most recent one was one that I discovered in 2015, which was through the spiral tail to the sunset of the winter solstice. And so all of those various sunrise alignments and sunset alignments are incorporated into Serpent Mound's design. And that's why we held the event, was to honor those in, you know, genius, historic indigenous builders <laughs> right. who constructed, uh, you know, a site, a sculpture, essentially, that can track all of that. It's not like a circle of rocks, right. you know, where you just point around it. It's actually a recognizable sculpture right. and it incorporates all of those astronomical alignments. So it's like this hidden tool in plain sight. That's right. And yeah. so that's, that's the reason why the event was established. That's the reason why more and more people come out. So, you know, if you want to come and watch the sunrise alignment for the summer solstice, you want to watch the sunset alignment yep. for the summer solstice, this is the time to do it. Um, yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. Fantastic. But that's oh, that's the go. genesis of the event. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. And then we just had uh, uh, the sponsorships. Did you guys want to talk about shout out any of your sponsors um, or folks involved in your team? We've got it up on the screen here. The um, um, I, if you don't mind, I'll just run through them real quick. Sure. The um, Walling Fords Ace Hardware and Peebles, the uh, Serpent Mound uh, Peace Summit, um, Abby's Place also in Peebles, you guys, the Strange Road, yeah, um, Adams County um, Travel and Visitors Bureau, the Peebles Flower Shop, uh, Fair Ridge Farm, um, the Serpent Mound Dowsers, uh, Walmart's in West Union, uh, Steel, which is also the uh, West Union um, Mower Service, Holly Johnson and Family, and I should add, there's also um, Mike and Donna Eastlake, um, and then there's McCain La uh, Laundry, uh, Wallace Thompson Funeral Homes, and they're in several different locations. Um, and then my mother donated money. Um, she's the one who owns Soaring Eagle Retreat, and we have um, a dedication to my father. Wonderful. Yeah. So. I should point out that uh, Wallace Funeral Homes, uh, one of them is run by Bobby Wallace. Okay. Bobby Wallace is one of the descendants of the first caretaker uh, that was hired to take care of Serpent Mound. By OHC. Well, yeah, uh, but the Wallace family has been there since uh, Harvard acquired uh, oh. the park in the 1880s. Whoa, wow. And they have been caretaking the site. They did for probably the first 40, almost 50 years. Yeah. And uh, Bobby Wallace is a descendant of that family. So mm, he's, cool. He's a big fan of... Uh, you know, his family's heritage. So. Absolutely. Oh, shout out Absolutely. to Bobby Wallace. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Wow, that history goes so deep with just the folks and the community yeah. around there and how tied in yeah. everything must be to the Serpent Mound. I'm sure, you know, you, you know, my my mother's side, actually, my biological mother had a, a home in Adams County that was sold in the 1960s. So I have roots, family roots oh, nice. uh, in Adams County myself. Um, unfortunately, that home was was sold off, but they were able to keep it in in the family until you know it was ten years it took from Delaware Valley River Valley, where all in in Virginia, where all those folks were from, mm -hmm. to get the deed, the land that was uh, after 
the Revolutionary War for them to finally secure that property. And then right. it took who knows how long for someone to actually to establish in the land that was, uh, the, you know. So they got a Virginia Military District land yes. grant. Yes. That's what that is referring to. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. and, and the we'll thing have is, to talk after after hours because we might be cousins. Yeah, wow! <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild? That would be wild. There, there was a huge property, and the the home was there for a long time. From what I understand, the the homestead is still there. Mm -hmm. The building was still there. Um, and um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I found that out when I found my biological family. Cool. I had dug into all their history. None of them ever knew that. Some of them in the family knew that, but the the my mother and some of them hadn't known how they acquired that property mm -hmm. from essentially the Revolutionary War. Right. Um, but it just took them forever from Virginia to get over there. So, fun fact. Nice. It's all connected, baby. I'm a big genealogist, so I yeah? <laughs> absolutely oh, love. So I can show you I, my. I filled uh, in all of his. I can show gaps. you my. Yeah. <laughs> in the book. Yeah, Delcy's been very helpful in in doing <laughs> cool. some of the genealogical research because some of the people that I came up with names for mm. that contributed to the book, they're complete unknown. I bet. You know, and there's almost no records on some of these people. I think there was two. Two that we one one I know for sure that I'm like, dude, this is like the most common name in the world. <laughs> yeah. So unless you give me more information, I can't yeah. figure yeah. it out. There's a couple of John people Smith. that we just like. John Smith. Could be this guy. Could be this guy. Don't know. We yeah. we there's no without more information, we can't figure out who this person is. But you know, for the most part, we were able to find out a lot. And and finding out who some of these people are has really been amazing to find yeah, yeah. out what they accomplished, what they did. Yeah. yeah. When you look at my genetic readout mm -hmm. of my, I took a, a DNA test mm -hmm. and as a part of like trying to find my family and all that. And it literally says Virginia settlers, genetic communities with yes. Virginia settlers and Ohio river Valley settlers. There's a hole in Southern yep. Ohio. It, it's right there. And the Virginia settlers and then the, um, you know, American Southwest, mm -hmm. the native American DNA that my father has. And then that goes over to Europe where they both shared. Uh -huh. So there's these splotches all over the map. Sardinia is one of them. Um, but it'll show your com genetic communities, uh -huh. and it's Ohio River Valley yeah. is one of them. I, I, we did our our son, my daughter, and then my mom and dad did mm -hmm. the DNA. We neither one of us has has done it yet. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. And, it, and there's new additions all the time. Okay. Um. But uh, anyways, we're taking a little bit of a left turn. We'll get back <laughs> on track here, everybody. <laughs> Um, this has been a blast. Uh, Delcy Wilson, Jeffrey Wilson, thank you guys thank you. so, so Thanks very much. Both. Um, and again, we will let all of you guys know uh, leading up to the event. Uh, is there anything else that we need to know about the event coming up uh, that our audience You can find come it all out, on theserpentmound.org. Yep. It starts at 3 in the afternoon on Friday and goes until 7. And then it starts at uh, 10 on sa Saturday, goes to 7, and starts, if you're doing the kayak, it's at 9 in the morning. Um, the presentations don't start until 11 on Sunday, okay. and then we go till 7. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, I'm stoked. We're, we're super stoked, and I'm thank bring you. bring my guitar out. Yeah, Yay. absolutely. We'll strum around the yes. fire. <laughs> yeah, yes. Bub's a good guitar player. Let me I tell like you, he can, he, can, he can jam out. Uh, I like to play. 
Yeah, he <laughs> he's knows a lot of covers, but then also has his original music and then off the top of the cuff stuff that you do is my favorite. Yeah. Um, but uh, you guys can follow us at the Strange Road. We're TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, Twitter. And also the Facebook group, yep. Strange Road Hitchhikers, has, has blown up. Check it out. Uh, Instagram has blown up quite a bit. We'll probably talk we'll about talk that. We'll talk about that more, in, yeah. in our TikTok page, thank you to all the new followers and people that have been tuning in on TikTok and Instagram. You guys blew us up. We really, really appreciate you that. You rock. Uh, checking out our stuff and any all the new listeners. Thank you, guys. Uh, be sure to give us a five-star rating in Spotify and Apple. Check us out on YouTube at The Strange Road. Um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you get all the notifications of our live stream that way. So that's really important. Keep up to date with everything we're doing. Our live streams are ad-free. Um, and so we're really trying to put out awesome content for you guys. We appreciate the hell out of you. And uh, if there's anything else I'm missing, I know thank you to Stoner and Disbro. That's it. In Master yeah. Control. That's it. Like always, those guys are the best. Um, had a couple little gremlins in the system. But, of course, these guys Worked are pros. Check them out there, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the master control yeah. bro zone Heck camera yeah. brought to you by Kyle Stoner. I love that shot. <laughs> Video that engineer shot. extraordinaire. And thank you to Disbro and Kyle for fixing all the little gremlins for adding a fourth mic. Who would have known? Who would have known? Hey, I would. We got it dialed in now thanks to those guys. If there's anybody that wouldn't know, it's me. Yes, that's 100% <laughs> truth. And I'm not an audio guy either, so thank God for Disbro. And, hey, thank you guys to everybody. We are out. Jeffrey, Delcy, it's been awesome. Later, guys. Again. And we will see you guys in a few weeks. Okay. Awesome. Great. Excellent. Adios. Excellent. <laughs>